gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Unangst, and I had a entire script ready for today, but that got thrown out the window when the Phoenix Suns actually won a game. And the only reason why I'm dedicating this entire podcast episode, this uh, Friday slot, is because my guy Cam Johnson came back, and he actually came back pretty with a forty. Like he he came back and he had some good stretches for the fifteen or nineteen minutes. How many minutes he played? He had a lot of solid time. He made some good baskets. So I am really, really happy with his performance. And with that being said, today's podcast episode is dedicated towards the Phoenix Suns and their win. So today's podcast episode is just going to break down the Phoenix Suns and their big win against the Nets. This was a much-needed win. There is so much to unpack from this win, from that game alone. I kind of wish I was able to see the game. I can only catch the final five, uh, final half, the second half of the game, which I was okay with. But I have the entire recap here. And then I rewatched a parts of the game to understand it better. But I was there for the second half. So, I thought we were going to lose the game when Kyrie Irving and one of us caught momentum. We were able to hold on. The Suns, and can I just say... When Mikel Bridges missed that second free throw, what a smart play by Ish Wainwright to immediately foul Nick Claxton. Like, that is a 100% good job for him, but also for the coaching staff, Monty Williams' coaching staff. Why? Because they told him. They remembered what Monty said. If that happens, foul him. And it worked, and they won the game. One of the main reasons why they won that game. So, before I get into the good and bad news of today's podcast episode featuring the Phoenix Suns in that game, before I get to the Suns record, let me just bust out some social media stuff real quick. Just all the intro stuff. Um, You already know where to find the podcast. That's how you're listening to it. But we have different platforms. We're on different platforms. You have different options. If you're not a Google person... Go to iTunes. If you're not an iTunes person, go to Google Podcast. Uh, if you're near those, go to SoundCloud. If you don't have a SoundCloud account, go to TuneIn. If you don't like TuneIn, go to iHeartRadio. We're pretty much everywhere. And if you don't like all of that, just go to CourtsHeat.com. You cannot be any more particular. You, if you're a very set person in your ways and you're a creature of habit to listen to podcasts on iTunes like I am, well, it's there. If, just go to Apple Podcast. Just go there and click on it. We have there. We have it on the site. So if you just want to listen to it on the site, it's there on the site. And also on Substack, 
CourtsHeat.Substack.com. So do not miss that either. We have Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those other social media platforms we're on. Uh, YouTube is YouTube.com slash at CourtsHeat. It's either with the app or not with the app, but to keep your guys' life simple, just go to YouTube, desktop, or mobile and put in courtside heat, all one word or free sub words. Does not matter. We will come up. And that's all I got to say. Twitter.com slash courtside heat, Instagram.com slash courtside heat, NBA, Facebook.com slash courtside heat, and boom, bada bang. Let's jump into today's podcast episode on this lovely Friday. So, the Suns actually won a game. Should we all be surprised? Yes. But on Wednesday, I broke the news along with other reports coming out that Cam Johnson was going to be playing Thursday. That was confirmed by Monty. That was confirmed by Cam himself. And it was very motivating. He was finally coming back from that surgery, from the meniscus surgery, where he just cut that piece off. Just like surgical repair, boom, bada bang, he's there. He's back, and he was going to be on minutes restriction. And there was some controversy around that because people asked, a person asked, did Cam Johnson go over his minutes restriction when they put him back in the game late? What did Molly Williams say? No comment. I'm reading the direct quote. That is his direct quote. No comment. And that is actually really interesting. But, with that being said, I'm actually okay with that because he helped us get, pardon me, help me, help us get the win. And if you guys have not heard, have not really heard by now, um, I'm a really big Suns fan, so if you've really not been like paying attention, I'm like a huge Phoenix Suns fan. That's why I'm including myself. I'm related no way to the organization. I'm just a diehard fan. Anyways, carrying on. Cam Johnson ends return, 19 points, 6 rebounds, 2 blocks, 1 assist. That is Cam Johnson coming back from being out since November 4th. So a little bit over 2 months. So that's 2 months, 2 weeks, and 5 days? Something like that, but over 2 months. And again, 19 points and 6 rebounds and 2 blocks and 1 steal is really, really good. You can't underestimate. You cannot undermine that. And to me, that's actually really cool to see. That's actually something really cool to see. Because Cam Johnson's return fueled a Suns victory. That fueled a Suns victory. Those stats are just a sample. If you didn't get to watch the game and you just heard the stats and you saw that he was one of the leading scorers on that team that night, he was impactful in many ways. He just simply is. And people are like, well, will Cam Johnson do much in his return once he returns from injury, right? Will he do much when he comes back? The answer is yes. And for everyone that was just... um. Being all negative and just being a uh, just downing on the Suns and Mikel Bridges and DeAndre. It's funny 
They played bad when Cam Johnson was there. When you were doubting all of these guys, doubting all of these guys, and saying that the Suns are toast and that they should tank for Victor Wamiyami or Scoot Henderson, I laughed at those idiots. If you, and I don't care if y'all or you are the same people that listen to my podcast, y'all are idiots. I see as a simple fact. You can't doubt those guys say, Suns are done, we're toast, they should just go after the first overall pick, just tank this season. I like to rub my hair out over those stupid statements, over those stupid comments, because it's not necessary. And I, like many other optimistic people or just realistic people, understand the game of basketball, I understand when a team has majority of their stars and a lot of their players just injured, overall players, whether on the bench or starting, are injured, they're not going to win many games. In a much-needed win game like this one, it, it was it was very encouraging to see a guy come back from injury and win the game. So that just amplifies what I've been saying for the past two months that when everyone's healthy, this team will be different. Straight facts. Straight facts. You can't expect to win many games when DeAndre was out, Chris Paul's still been out, a campaign's out, Landry Shane's been off and on, Devin Booker most points been out, a lot of guys been out. Cam Johnson just returned, but he was out for two months. So you gotta keep things in perspective. But I said once this team gets semi-healthy, whether they have all their guys or not, they're gonna find a win way to win a game. Whether it's super pretty or not, whether it's pretty or ugly, does not matter. They're winning games. So I find that very interesting. And I think that's something we cannot underestimate. I, I think we just can't undermine that. And I'm not saying that this win is going to put us into championship mode. We're going to win the rest of our games. I'm not saying that. So please do not interpret it that way. Do not take it that way. I, I beg. All I'm saying is that this is very positive. This is actually feeling. This is actually feeling us. So if you're a fan or you're a part of the team, it's feeling you. That is a fact. Seeing what this Suns team can do when they have one of their shooters return and able to put out a clinic like that, put out a good stat line like that, with great effort, etc., etc., and just wanting to go play for his team and win for his team, that's, that's exceedingly motivating. That is just super, super encouraging. And I, I can't express that enough. Because... I, I believe this. I 100% believe this. Mikel Bridges and DeAndre looked more locked in, more in sync, more just connected with the return of Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson, him returning, didn't put as much pressure on Mikel Bridges to be the main scorer. It didn't put a lot of pressure on a lot of guys to have to play this certain way and to go near perfection. His return gave the Nets another obstacle because like, okay, even though that he's coming back from injury, if we let him rattle off a few shots, he could catch momentum and just go for 19 like he did. But when you add another shooter to the mix, when you add another score to the mix, no matter how he scores, he's going to score. But when you add another score to the mix and the team's feeding off of that, then the whole team is just become supersized, kind of life-size giants bigger than just the Nets or any team. 
that they have to take that into account. They have to try to figure out how to stop them. So then, like, okay, um, take the Nets for example, or any team. But let's focus on the Nets as we're covering that game. No Kevin Durant. There's some guys that just could not, just could not defend. They have good shooters on there. They have good scores, offensive guys. But when it comes to the defense, woo, buddy, that does not work. Like I know you got Cam Thomas. That's fine, all, but you still have to make up for guys like Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, uh, DeAndre. Now, you know, I know you got Nick Claxton and all those other guys, but you still have to make up for the other Phoenix Suns players, and then for the players that aren't playing for the Nets. Now, I will say this. I will say this, and I'm not taking anything away from the Suns win. I'm not. But for the Suns, it helped that Ben Simmons got ejected and Kyrie wasn't playing his usual self until the fourth quarter. That's a fact. This Brooklyn team, when they don't have Katie or Kyrie playing well, and when Kyrie isn't playing well, will definitely struggle offensively. And I already brought Cam John Cam uh no oh my gosh. Cam Thomas, but I'm gonna say it again. Cam Thomas had a chance to shine offensively, and he did with 15 points, but he's more of a defensive player. And people were criticizing Mikel Bridges for that. Like, oh, oh, he can't score that much. We should just trade him. He can't score. He can't do anything offensively. He's failing. He's lacking. Like, those people are just stupid, but I've debunked this before. He's more of a defensive guy. He proves that night in and night out. I just find that very interesting some people's mindset. But it's what Mikhail Bridges is doing. I'm not saying Cam Thomas is Mikhail. I'm just saying that Thomas is a defensive player that sometimes can look in the mirror and say, okay, I play a little bit like Mikhail Bridges. I can score offensively, but I'm not going to be so impactful. But on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to be really super impactful. I'm going to be able to do it. Hoorah, right? So, for the Nets right now, they're struggling. They're still exceedingly good. Like, they're seeing better than many teams. They're just in a really tight jam right now. They're in a tight pickle. Whew. I'm just happy the Suns got the win. Cam Johnson did fuel it. DeAndre and Mikel Bridges looked a lot better. Mikel Bridges had himself a night. And he was deleting score. He was deleting score. Uh, his So Mikel Bridges' playmaking, which came out to be nine assists, that was the end goal. That was the end production of his playmaking. Nine assists. Right? He... Hey, hold on. I, I just... Nine assists from Mikel Bridges really never happened. I say it's the first time it ever did. So that tells you a lot right there. But then for him, that was huge for his success, but also for the Sun's success. He became their top offensive option in that game with 28 points. You cannot undermine that. You just can't. Guys... I find that very, very interesting. He rose up to the occasion 
And him and Kyrie went back and forth. Kyrie had 30 points. He had 28. There's only two points off from tying. But to me, that that just explains when you have Cam Johnson back, or when you have Stars back, and they're not injured anymore, it helps. It leads to stats like these for Mikhail Bridges for the Suns' benefit. I'm just saying, that helps a lot. And that was one of the main takeaways, which just Mikel Bridges' play. Not only on the defensive side of the ball, but on the offensive side of the ball, and making it really impactful. So I find that very, very interesting. And while DeAndre had a strong first half, until, until from what I saw statistically, until fizzing out in the second half, going 1 of 9, he still managed to get 24 points and 14 rebounds. So even though he had an off second half, he still managed to contribute through scoring and rebounding the ball. He was still attacking the paint. He was still being their effective big man. And it showed. It showed greatly. And I don't think that a lot of people are giving enough credit in that game. The main player I was hoping to see was Cam Johnson. But there's a lot of guys who just played really, really well. Top rebounder was DeAndre at 14. Top scorer was was Mikel Bridges at 28. Top assist play uh top playmaker with the most assists for the Suns was Mikel Bridges at 9. Saban Lee, and I'm about to get to Saban Lee in a minute. He had six assists. Like, this team was just locked in. That's just the honest truth. So I find that very interesting. Like, we are rebounded the Nets 49 to 35. That is a 15 rebound difference. The offensive rebound was 12 to 2 Suns. We out assist them. We, even though we had more turnovers, less points in the paint, we had a lot less fouls. We were more disciplined. And when it comes to being disciplined, that can alter the momentum of a game in a hurry. You got to stay locked in. You got to stay disciplined. And when you're being careless and just committing careless fouls, getting frustrating and getting teed up like Ben Simmons did twice before getting ejected, that's bad. And that hurts the Nets. It just does. And you saw that. Uh, what was it, like 34-23? Like in the fouls? Um, yeah. 34-23. The Suns attempted 41 free throws. The Nets only 25. Now, the Suns only made 28, while the Nets made 15. But there's still 13-point difference. So let's just say they didn't have all those fouls. It would not have been a 13-point difference in that, and the Nets probably would have won. If everything else would have played the same, but free throws were different, and the Suns did not have those 13 points, or less than those 13 points, that says a lot. But now let's just say the Suns actually made... The rest of the free throws. Let's say they made all 41 of their free throws. Or they made a few more. This game would have been out of reach. It would have changed the, project, uh, the trajectory of this game. And that is just a simple fact. 
So I want to always point that out. I really, really do. So I find that very important to emphasize because free throws matter. Being disciplined and undisciplined matters. If you're not disciplined, then you're not going to win games. If you're, if you're always committing fouls, you're not going to win games. Just as simple as that, my friend. Just as simple as that. So, Mikael Bridges is locked in. DeAndre Ayn was locked in. Cam Johnson was locked in. Ish Wainwright at the final stretch of the game was locked in with a smart foul. That probably saved them against the treacherous momentum of the Nets. Just being honest. But I want to get to this real quick. want to get to this real quick. Damian Lee and Saban Lee combined for 31 points and 8 assist that is huge guys that is huge that so that's why I'm believing the reports coming out right now especially from uh, I'm, I'm forgetting names never mind here that's why I'm believing the reports coming out of Lee getting a second 10-day contract because he's putting up good numbers. That's why I believe that the team will look and say, okay, can uh, Saban Lee come in and help us in the backcourt? As more depth, he proven himself. I, I, I think Saban Lee deserves a second-day contract. He delivered 15 points and 6 assists in 29 minutes. Did he make mistakes? Yes. But he, he pretty much look. Saban Lee played really well. He did. Let's be honest. He played very very well. I'm not gonna lie. I've been impressed with him. He's been putting up good numbers. I I don't know how you don't bring him back. Look. And from the AZ Central, they said his 10-day contract expires today. But they say he shouldn't have to wait too long to get a second one. And you all saw Gambo from Arizona Sports 98.7 come out and say that he expects them to give him another 10-day contract. That it's very strong suggested that he is going to be getting another 10-day contract. And I'm not saying, no one is saying that Saban Lee is the missing piece of getting a championship or competing hard in the playoffs. But to have death in the backcourt is one thing. But to have exceeding expectations of, of players in the backcourt is another. I, I also do believe that. These guys are exceeding the expectations of many. And just like Saban Lee, many guys are coming out in this backcourt, stacked up against them, and they're able to go out and just ball out. That is just a fact. And it's why we saw that this was a total team effort and takeover when we saw five Phoenix players having at least 15 points. That is just something amazing. And I don't think that people are paying too much attention to that, but when you really break that down, that is just amazing. So, I, in the end, I find it really encouraging 
that despite the late game struggles, the Suns were able to hold down the fort and get the much needed win. That's mental toughness when things are going really poorly, especially not by 20 plus. Because the Suns could have just given up, but they didn't. They didn't. And that was something I, I found very encouraging. I, I, I really did. And I like when you have those efforts. I like when nobody gives up on that. So I was super motivated motivated by that. I was super encouraged. Uh, and yeah. And we saw last night that Damian Lee, uh, Saban Lee, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and DeAndre Ayn closed out the game. I actually didn't like that line. I actually didn't mind it. I actually didn't mind that line. That line, I actually liked. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Cam Johnson, 19. Mikhail, 28. DeAndre, 24. Saban Lee and Damian Lee combined, 31. Come on. It really... That is pretty impressive right there. And for the guys that weren't getting many stats, like Torrey Craig and Sarage and Ish Wainwright, doesn't matter. In my in my personal opinion, it didn't matter that they didn't get all the stats. It came up with the clutch when it was needed. Right? I, I honestly do believe that Tory Craig had six rebounds, two assists, two points in twenty five minutes. Darius Sarge in eight minutes he played had seven points and four rebounds. Look, Darius Sarge for only playing eight minutes got seven points and four rebounds. That is huge. Those are the types of stretches that you want players to have because those guys can give you impact, gonna keep up the momentum and just keep it rolling. So I, I like that. I like that a lot. So I so I really, really do find that encouraging. I really do. That's why it's find this team super motivating. But even though that the Suns won this game, I have some really bad news. Taking at the NBA standings in the Western Conference for January 19th, the Nuggets Grizzlies, Kings, Pelicans, Mavericks, and Jazz are in the playoffs. The Suns, Trailblazers, Lakers, Spurs, and Rockets aren't. The Wolves, Clippers, Warriors, and Thunder are in the playing tournament. Why I skipped the playing tournament? Because I just wanted—I wanted to see if anyone. Was gonna pick up me saying the Suns first. Like, oh, playing tournament. Nope. Nope. The Suns are 22 and 24. They're out of the playing tournament. They're in 11th. So, playoffs, to be automatically in the playoffs, gotta be 1 to 6. Playing tournaments gotta be 7 to 10. Everything outside of the playing tournament is 11 to 15. The Suns are 22 and 24. They're 11th. Blazers are 21 and 24. 12th. Lakers 20 and 25. Spurs 14 and 31. Rockets 10 and 35 for 15th. Uh, guys, that's very crushing. And the Suns do not have an easy schedule coming up. They do not. So I just want to brace everyone. For the impact. While this win was super encouraging, I just want everyone to realize that this is not going to be all sunshine and rainbows. Because tomorrow, 
Okay, we get a little bit of an easy game. Saturday game at 7 o'clock. Actually, pretty early for us. Wow. Um, we're going at home against the Pacers. We have a little, nice little five-game home, like, home stretch. We have like, a little homestand. Like, first start, start off against the Nets. It'll end with the Mavericks on Thursday, January 26th. So, not too bad. They get, what, a week? Yeah, they get a week. That's really good. They get a week of being home. So, their home stand's going good so far. They beat the Nets, but tomorrow at 7 o'clock p.m., they got to beat the Pacers. And then they got to go face the Grizzlies on Sunday. So, that's a back-to-back -back at 6 p.m. So, not even a full 24 hours until they got to play their next game. And on Monday, January 16th, just a few days ago, the Grizzlies, while home, blew out the Suns 136 to 106. And those matchups never go well. And I know that the Suns, because right now, if you saw, oh, well, let's go all the way, huh? Like, the Suns do not have the Grizzlies number. The Grizzlies, if my calculations are correct, are 2-1 against the Suns. So that series is just dying. They've the Grizzlies first beat the Suns 125-100 on December 23rd. And then four days later, the Suns re retaliated 125-108. And you come all the way down to January 16th on that disgusting Monday versus the Grizzlies, where the Suns lost by 30. So now the Suns have a chance to be at home to beat the series, uh, to beat the Grizzlies and tie up the series, and out of those four games, they are only playing four times this season, and they so for the Suns' sake, they want to tie. This how I look at series: they either want to tie against their opponent, or they just want to win it. It's better to win it, but if you can't, it's like okay. And then after the Grizzlies, they get a little bit of a cool down on the 24th, right? Then they get to go play the Hornets at home. So then they get to go play the Mavericks on the 26th. Voice crack. At home. That's not going to be really that much fun. Um, I don't think any of this is going to be fun, to be honest. Like, the Grizzlies and Mavericks are not going to be fun. Pacers can hold some fret. Hornets, if Lamelo Ball is not back due to his uh, left wrist and left ankle soreness, go check that on twittercom heat. I have all the updates right there. And then it could get interesting if Lamelo returns, but if not, then we win that game. The Mavericks, if you go all the way back on October nineteenth, we beat them. Remember, we were down by what was it, twenty-five points? We were down a lot. It was twenty plus points. We beat him off a Damian Lee uh, game-winning shot, which was so beautiful. I attended that game with my dad. I That was my first ever home opening game. And I, I love that the Suns got revenge against the Mavericks. Love that we beat them, man. Uh, that was so much fun. But then you come here, and then you saw on December 5th, the Mavericks beat the Suns 130-111. to You're okay, like, it's tied 1-1. Then you come on down the schedule, and you're like, okay, what's next, what's next? Well, the series is tied 1-1. Their third game is going to be this this upcoming Thursday 
at 8 p.m. So next Thursday in six days at 8 p.m. Do they have another game? I think they have one more game. So they have four games. So that's not bad. And I like doing this. I like going, and I know this could be pointless, just going for like all this series. But how, why do I, now I'm going to ask you guys a question. It's rhetorical, so don't answer it. Um, why do I look at all these games and go through and see their series matchup? And how many games the Suns have won and lost against a single team? It's because if they're in the same conference, like, um, oh, my, I'm blanking the team, like the Mavericks or Grizzlies, you, you have to be, so you have to be conscious. So if you're in the same conference, like the Grizzlies or the Mavericks, and you have a tied record, so let's say you're in fourth, another team's in fifth. But your team is tied. So let's say you have the same record. You're both tied for fourth and fifth. The team with the better series matchup without how many games they've won in a series, where it's like three or four, that team with the winning record against that team will automatically get the higher seed. We'll get the better seed. And I hope that makes sense. So if the Suns had the better record against the Mavericks, and they were tied like in the fifth and sixth place, sixth and fifth and sixth seed. Goodness, I cannot speak today. Then the Suns would be awarded the higher seed if their record was tied. So just put that into perspective. So let's just do the Pacers real quick since we're here for everyone. And I don't know if we played the Pacers yet. I can't remember. I saw we already did, but <coughs> pardon me. We actually have not played the Pacers yet. So this will be our first time playing the Pacers. Very interesting. How about the Hornets? I think we already played the Hornets once. For some reason, I want to say that we played the Hornets, but I'm not too sure. And I'm scrolling for all of these games. So it's looking like we have not played the Hornets yet. So okay. So our series are just kicking up. Or just starting. So that'll be very interesting because then on March 1st, we play the Hornets again. Um, February 10th, we play the Pacers again. So, yeah. Hornets, January 24th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. It, it just becomes very interesting. Very interesting indeed. So, some series will have like two games, maybe just the one, but typically like two games, sometimes three, sometimes four. Rarely do we see a team facing off five times. I've really just seen teams play like just the four, but I guess schedules, how schedules work out. Something can always just happen. But yeah, so that's where we're pretty much at. That's our, that's our home stand. That's our home stretch. But then just finishing out the week, we start up our one and only road game on Saturday, January 26, 6 p.m. against the Spurs. And then we come back home against the Raptors, to February 1st, against the Hawks, then we go out and face the Celtics. Now, I want us to be able to beat the Celtics, because we got absolutely destroyed by them on December 7th. And I remember listening to that game, and I turned it off every week, starting getting blown out. I just didn't want to watch anymore. When we lost 125-98. to And this was a home game. Home game. 
This is when we had Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayn, Chris Paul, Josh Kogi, Cameron Payne. When we essentially had everyone besides Cam Johnson. The Suns were getting blown out just really bad. We only, we only put up 42 points in the first half. Whereas the Celtics had 69 points. So it was 69-42 in the first half to go into halftime. Then it just got worse from there. So that was very brutal. That was just very, very brutal. So I, find, so I find it very important, very, very important to just start winning these games. And I remember when the uh, Suns were 16-9. The Golden, seems like the Golden Years, because for how long this season's been taking, I swear. But yeah, so it just gets very, 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 very interesting. But yeah, when you go over the schedule, and I would, I would encourage you guys to do this with a lot of teams because it's very fun to see the series matchups. Who, how many games your team won, how many games your rivals team has also different things like that. I just find, I find that stuff fun. I find that stuff compelling. But guys, in short, that's where we're at with the playoffs currently. It's not, it's not reasonable to say that we get back to the play-in. We can beat out the Warriors like we already did with. Oh, sorry, pardon me. I don't know why. Oh, man. I don't know why I just keep hiccuping over here. Just don't mind me. Uh, we beat the Warriors when severely undermanned. Like, we did it easily until they made their little run, then we held on. Just like the Warriors game. We have like a pair of contrast to the Warriors in that game. Suns had completely our control until the fourth quarter, and then it got really tough. Then we held on. So I find that a very interesting similarity since we're talking about that. Defunder only twenty-two to twenty-three. We can easily beat them out. We can still play tournament seventh 23-24. Uh, Timberwolves twenty-three twenty-four. Clippers uh, twenty-two twenty-three. Warriors twenty-two twenty-three. OKC Funder. Okay. Suns can easily be in 7th. The Suns could also easily be in 6th. Because the Jazz are 24-24. So, let's put perspective on this. They could easily be 5th. Because the Mavericks are 24-22. and 22. And then Pelicans are 26-19. And then just going down that list. So, I find that very, very interesting. And something that I think we could easily... We could easily get back in the fifth if we wanted to. I'm not rolling it out. I'm very optimistic. But guys, with that being said, Cam Johnson's back. This team is starting to look good. Yes, did we have a rough fourth quarter, but we held on. With we're just gritty. We're that gritty gutty team. We're holding on. We're pushing, and a much needed win. I'm hoping that I can watch the Pacers game tomorrow at seven. I really hope I don't have to miss it. I try to be there on Twitter reporting these games, but just with my schedule, sometimes I don't want to watch these games because I know how the outcome's going to be. But for your guys' entertainment, for my entertainment, I try tweeting all this stuff. So hopefully 7 p.m. tomorrow, I'm sitting my fat butt on the couch and just watching those games. Ugh. Tomorrow should be a good win, but I'm not jinxing it. Until next time, guys. 
I will see you tomorrow, actually, for the podcast. Because remember, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. And guys, with that being said, uh, peace out. That's all I got to say. Sun's got the dub. And we're going to be facing the Pacers tomorrow at 7 p.m. And yeah, I'm signing off. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got to say. Let's go Suns. Peace.